Alright, tonight we're talking about three outer space horror movies, The Blob 1958, Blob 1988, and Color Out of Space, so stay tuned. But first, tonight's episode is brought to you by Bespoke Post. You can get 20% off their Box of Awesome by going to their website. Use the code BINGEWATCHERS to try out their Box of Awesome. Also, go to sundayscaries.com. At the checkout, enter code BINGE40 for 40% off your total order of their vitamin health food CBD gummies. And now, on with the show. Since our hosts are fascinated with The Blob's 1958 uh, sequel, which actually came out in 72, it's called Beware the Blob, um, we're going to start the show with that. Uh, Enjoy, folks. What movie are you talking about? Just like any movie. Any movie. Like there's a responsibility on the on the part of the per, on the participant and the viewer, you know, to sit down, shut up, turn your mind off, let them show you something. You can yeah. pick the movie apart later, but picking the movie apart during makes you like super annoying. Crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the binge watches podcast. Especially if you're saying so the what word you're saying, this is the mindset that the audience should adopt when they see a movie. So you're saying like a positive attitude going into watching a movie. So you're saying, right? Uh, yeah, we're talking about space movies, but for some reason, Adam and Dave are like fascinated by this "Beware the Blob" 1972 movie, which is like I know, right? Not even like, it's not even on our list of movies to binge watch tonight. Like we're not even discussing this movie. It's a sequel to one of the movies we're talking about, but. It's not even on our radar. Well, it is now because Dave and Adam have been texting about it like all day, and uh, and they stopped yeah. what they were doing. Apparently, like they hit like we were supposed to watch the Blob nineteen fifty eight and the Blob eighty eight, and then Color Out of Space, which is on Shutter right now. It's a Nick Cage horror movie. Um, a, a farmer and his family get attacked by literally a Color Out of Space, and the Blob is obviously what it sounds like—a gelatinous creature from outer space that. Attacks and devours people, and in the '88 version, it looks like acid, right? Like yeah, acid right. is breaking them down. Like it, it, yeah. it has some kind of acid. But oh, um, I love. It. But then you guys went off on this. Like it was almost like you guys had a podcast before you even had the podcast tonight. It was like you were like, "Beware the blob," and that's the title. But then it was like, "Well, I'm not going to keep like discussing the the discussion." Like anytime, <laughs> anytime, uh, dangerous. You want to chime in, or Adam? You guys want to talk about this movie that you guys decided to watch? Yeah, I, uh, I didn't watch it, so I don't. Yeah, know. I have no idea about Beware the Blob. I, I mean, this is was literally just going the extra mile of like, you know, like, well, fuck it, we've watched two versions of the Blob. Why not <laughs> conclude the trilogy, so to say? Um, and I mean, I, I think Adam did too, but I, I cheated. I watched it on one point five speed because it's not good. <laughs> Oh, but I didn't miss anything. Cool. You no, sped you the movie up. Yeah, because yeah. it is available on YouTube for free. So, All right. You know, so I don't do have... that. I don't increase the movie stream speed, but I will like fast forward scenes that I don't care about. Um, you know, I I I don't. I rarely do it. I only do it on like conversational videos on YouTube, but mm-hmm. I rarely do it for a narrative. Wow. Me either. And I. 
sometimes I just have to do it because I'm like, this is plodding along and, uh, and the cuts of older films that aren't that up to snuff that aren't amazing filmmakers with experience. that can really suck you in. It's just like they're learning on this film. So you have to fast forward these certain parts of uh, what I'm calling BTB, beware the blob. It's actually the blob too. And BTB is, uh, and I didn't hate it as much as Dave did. I, I did watch a lot of it in two X, but there are <laughs> 2x now wow <laughs> i don't know i don't know how we would say who liked it more because and i talked I to my watched it like at least. <laughs> yeah. there's parts of that i watched in 2x and there's parts that i slowed down to watch it was almost wow. like the filmmakers shot out a sequence and some parts were good and some parts weren't there's a part in there with uh nikki lates in there where he goes to get a hair <laughs> have you seen that part Nicky Lee, yeah, he's totally in there. Like, I wish I could bring. Uh, you would laugh if uh, if you saw it. So, oh, you're saying there's a dude that looks like one of our co-hosts that looks like <laughs> Nick. Oh, he goes. Oh, he's just in a screenshot. Would have loved to have seen that. <laughs> I, Was that the guy in the gorilla suit? <laughs> no, no. But, well, no. I mean, you're saying a guy looks like Nicky Lates, and then you just mentioned a gorilla suit. Now I kind of want to watch it. At first, I was like, "Why bother to talk about this?" Because you guys clearly don't like it. You're saying yeah. fast forward the thing, but then you mentioned a guy in a gorilla suit and somebody that looks like one of us. Those are two reasons to watch it. <laughs> Give me uh, hope. Can I, I just say this? Some of the blob effects wasn't bad. Um, I mean, it's not great, but I mean, it was. You know, it, it was. I believed some of it. Um, All right. I will say I, it's not much worth talking about, but I will say if you watch it through the lens of it's making a commentary on stupid movies or people making stupid decisions in movies, this is great because like somebody literally is driving down the road. The big blob is like literally taking up the entire road. They're like, what's that? But don't break and just run into it. Like, what the fuck? You see a big object break. <laughs> oh, what's that? I think uh, like, psychology says that most people would turn into it. Would turn right. into the object that they're afraid of, like in a moment of panic. I think. Well, uh, and there's another scene where a guy is literally at the hairdresser's getting his hair washed. The blob comes up to the sink, and the guy dunks his head, not paying attention that oh my sink is full of a blob now. Like it's just shit like that that kills me. Wow. Well, it didn't kill you. It killed the dude at the. the yeah, that's late, true. By the way, but uh, uh, getting his hair cut. All right, I think <laughs> I we're gonna I think we're gonna move along to our TV and movie news and really get this thing kicked off. Because um, I was gonna talk about the nature of blobs, but I was like, I gotta wait. We're not even discussing the movies yet. Um, <laughs> so let's see what everybody heard in the world of uh, movies and TV. I got three, so I got uh, one. Um, I've got like two week. rolled into one, sort of. All right, so let's do Adam. What? How many tidbits you got? I just got. Like the fact that the the industry seems to be turning against Tenet, Christopher Nolan's Tenet. Dude, oh, I would say the industry is like eating itself alive right now from yeah. the inside out. Like it, uh, like our industry, it doesn't know what to do right now. It's like even celebrities don't know what to do. They're all joining Cameo to make thirty second videos of telling you happy birthday to get some change in their bank accounts. Like the whole industry is like it was upside down. Now it's like cannibalizing itself. Like, just eating yeah. itself away, you know? Um, well, they did do some, like, like big agreement between SAG and AFTRA that makes it uh, really restrictive um, for safety. I mean, 
I mean, it's good. Well, for no uh, other reason than to but, exist, I saw that movie theater chains and had asked filmmakers to like ask our government to save movie theaters. Did you guys I see saw that, that story? Too, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, Cameron and a yeah. few other people. Yeah. And I, I don't remember when video stores died. Was there like an outcry to save video stores? I, I don't. Not know. at all. Yeah. No. I hey, think everyone was just like Enron. Who Enron that was providing energy? You remember when they got asked to be rescued? Uh, I don't want to talk about Enron. This is not the podcast to discuss Enron. I I think it's just going to be adapt or die. I mean, I was in my wife's hometown and we drove by their local movie theater and they have a pop up drive in and it's hmm. not made to be a drive in. So I think it's just going to be adapt or die for a while. Theaters are going to have to get savvy. Um, yeah. I, I just see them going away completely, and I see, like, I, I don't even see movies being made. Like, I know there's, like, Netflix, and there's, like, Shudder, uh, Hulu, all these on-demanders, but I think, like, the algorithms are going to make programs that are going to engineer stories for you, and, like, there's going to be no, there's not going to be, there's not going to be movies. There's just not. I, I think there's going to be movies, but I think a few changes. I think most everything middle-level, like... Think of like the 90s in the courtroom drama or the sexy thriller. That shit is only going to be on Netflix. The only thing movie theaters are going to be for, if they exist, is going to be Marvel movies or big spectacle. I just think that anything below a $200 million movie is just not going to play in theaters. This is like a I whole just, debate. Like I think we could t- we could talk yeah. about the state of the of movies. That <laughs> looks like, like a it's whole be, episode. It's just going to lead to innovation, guys. I mean, there's just oh, that's true be too. Gorilla yeah. movies that go on tour and. And pop up tour buses, and and they, the marketing strategy changes, and hmm. yeah. So that that's reverting to old shit. That's the roadshow. That's that's yeah. not a new model. That's <laughs> crazy. Know, like they're like knowledge. abandoning technology and going back to how they sold movies in the seventies and eighties. That's kind of crazy, huh? It, it is, but it, I I mean I can see. I mean, so my news feed is uh, my news story is actually based exactly what we're talking about. Cineworld Cinemas will be closing all their regional theaters in the U.S. Yeah. and Europe, and that that was my news in. Because of exactly along with, with, with what we're saying, like J- because James Bond got delayed again because they're worried about losing money. Now this theater chain's like, well, we got nothing in the can. We're de- we're toast, right? Wow. Right. I mean that that's huge. Like everything everything you guys are saying is happening. So isn't that crazy well, that they were hinging on one movie, right? Yeah, they, one they were like movie. one movie to keep them alive for like the next what eighteen months or something. Because right. Tenant was number one this weekend. You know how much it made? Two point like, three million. Yeah, that's pathetic. That, that I mean, was like pathetic in a pre-COVID of like Fast and Furious a long time ago. You know, <laughs> it's crazy. Um, I mean, I think they also jumped the gun. I mean, I get it. They pulled their trigger finger. Um, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, is the public has spoken. They open <laughs> up movie theaters in most of the country, and people aren't showing up. Yeah, the audience isn't ready, even though your theater is. Well, the the interesting thing is, if you want to go see Tenet. You can see it all alone sitting in a movie theater. I've literally read of people doing that too. And like, <laughs> you're right. Like, you're right, though. The audience doesn't want to go, or they're too frightened to go, or or they just can't be bothered. Like stress and and other concerns or things that are going on. Like, um, which is funny though, because people actually ran to the theaters during the Great Depression. Like, but, the, but there was no virus. Well, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> that, that yeah different was, issues. Uh, you're right, but uh. I'm surprised we were going to cover this movie called Possessor on our show, made by David Cronenberg's kid. It's like the the next generation Cronenberg. He's got a weird possession demonic movie coming out. And I thought they were going to release it video on demand the same day as theaters, but I guess not. 
Um, Dave texted me earlier, and I was like, oh, yeah, we, you're right. We can't – well, I said, oh, well, basically saying, like, it's a missed opportunity for that movie because they should have just released it video on demand to everybody at the well, same time yeah. they did theaters, you know? Well, the, like, it's the weird. The, sucks is, they're oh, delaying sorry. the video on demand release till November. So Yeah. I'm surprised. I mean, it's from a company that has a big deal with um, Hulu, so I won't be surprised if it's on Hulu in a month or two. Well, they said November uh, 6th or whatever. I looked it up after you said, like, oh, it's not available. And uh, they pushed it. They, I thought I had read that they were going to release it theater and video on demand. Like, that's the way to go, I think. If you have a movie and it's big enough to matter, like, release it both ways at the same time. Like, that, that's, what I'm, that's my opinion. It's like theaters and video on demand, you know? Especially nowadays, it seems like yeah. that's the way you do have to go. I think they are going to do that because yeah. AMC struck a deal with Universal where they're going to be able to put like uh, you can rent their movie Universal movies three weeks after it was in theaters, which is like the smallest gap that's ever been. It's ever. always been like 90 days, right? Right. Mm. Well, I so. mean, the smallest gap was like uh, same time. Soderbergh did that years ago, I think, with Bubba. But, but, Very but I mean, like, true, but movies. for a major release. Like uh, Fast and Furious or something. Right? Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, so you're right. That was the first movie that did that hmm. um, yeah. bubble. In fact, I was in the theater to see that opening weekend. Um, but, oh wow, you were fighting it back then. <laughs> <laughs> you're already fighting. Um, <laughs> but actually, my news stories kind of sort of dovetails as well because uh, John brought up the craft last weekend uh, sequel or whatever we want to call that. Oh yeah, it is uh, a sequel. Two- it's a direct sequel, which is surprising, but yeah. I'm thankful for that. But so two other movies uh, drop, or at least uh, previews drop this week for two movies I had no idea were in production: um, Borat Two and yes. a remake of The Witches. The Witches yeah. was supposed to go to theater, and is another casualty oh, of no theater. Yeah, oh. it's Robert Zemeckis. Do you think Roll, Robert Zemeckis is going to make a video movie? <laughs> and actually, Borat would have probably made a lot of money too because that was such a right. hit. The other one, yeah, yeah, Adam, it's real doll. It's a, a remake of the other one that's based on his book. Yeah, well, it was The Witches. I mean, the, yeah. the first well, one, uh, the one from the '90s, a- is amazing. It has Jim Henson effects, and um... here's a question with you. I like that one a lot, and I, I like that book a lot. I read that book when I was in like fourth grade. But my question is: Is a movie a remake if the movie exists because of a book that was written, or is it just remaking from the book? Or are we saying remaking? It depends of the on what you're adapting. Like they could literally be remaking the movie, which happens to be based on a book, or they could just be adapting the book again. Who knows? Um, I would say I don't know. It's a hard. It's a because even the movie, the trailer even said it's like a new take. And there, I mean, you know, they changed the uh, the race of some of the characters, and which isn't a big deal. But they clearly updated it to a modern world and a modern flavor. Mm. Um, so it's a readaptation. I don't know. That's a good question. Hmm. Um, the updates I was bringing was they got some new stuff coming out as far as there's going to be a Nightbreed TV show. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and it, they gave it to a pretty good guy too, and I hell yeah, escaping me. Um, yeah, uh, I had I forgot he to did write trick it down, or treat but... in the new Godzilla. Movie. Oh yes, 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 Michael Dougherty. Uh, yeah, yeah, just for trick or treat alone. Yeah, I, oh, that's what it is. Yeah, the team from Trick or Treat are making the Nightbreed TV show. There oh, you go. and the Krampus movie. And uh, oh yeah, there's also Conan TV oh, is going to. Um, did you guys hear about this? Conan the Barbarian yeah. is going to Netflix. Yeah. Did you hear that? I heard, yeah. yeah. Is it going to be Arnold? I don't know. Um, probably I think it's not. Probably going to be a new guy. I mean, I mean, Arnold could probably be like the cameo is like another ki- a rival <laughs> king or something. That'd be cool. <laughs> Arnold will be Conan's dad. Yeah, there you go. 
They're probably going to model it after Cobra Kai, so it'll just be like the Conan version of Cobra Kai. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Oh, and then um, did you guys... Apparently, Matthew McConaughey has written a book during this furlough situation or whatever. Um, he compiled a memoir called Green Lights. I'll put it in the podcast notes. We'll have a little Amazon link. They can go pre-order his memoirs or whatever. Um, How did he write a memoir and not title it All Right, All Right, All Right? I don't know, dude, but he did some he did some massive digital marketing PR. Like He has a good website. He's going on a virtual book tour with a bunch of celebrities. He's got merchandise already. He has hats and t-shirts and hoodies. Man. <laughs> he's got hats. Nice. Yeah, he's got merch already. I was talking to Adam about merchandising for our podcast, and like this dude, McConaughey, already has his own fucking hats for his book. Like, it's dropped out of nowhere. <laughs> he just pulled it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're going to go to some messages, and then after that, we'll be back with tonight's movies. This fall, you get back into the swing of things. Bespoke Post has a brand new seasonal box of awesome collection for guys to guarantee to upgrade your life. I'm actually enjoying and pretty happy with my forged kit, but whether it's gear you need to upgrade your autumn craft beers or cozy threads for when the temperature dips, Bespoke Post is going to send the guys the best stuff every month, no matter what you're into. Box of Awesome has you covered. From style and grooming goods to barware, cooking tools, and outdoor gear, Box of Awesome has collections for every part of your life. There's the Layers Box, which has cozy gear for those dipping temperatures. To get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month. There's a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel anytime. Each box costs only 45 bucks. That's over $70 worth of gear inside. You can get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code BINGEWATCHERS at checkout. Boxofawesome.com, code BINGEWATCHERS. For 20% off your first box. And we're back! Alright. <laughs> Tonight's movie is it's actually a triple feature of horror flicks. Yeah. We got the Blob 58. Um, this is a drive-in favorite. A sci-fi classic. It follows uh, teenage Steve McQueen. Actually in his first lead role. With the name Steve, no less. And then his best girl. Best girl used to be like, I don't know. It's a weird term. It's like from the 50s and 60s where like you had more than one girlfriend, but this was the best. This is like your main squeeze, I guess. I thought I don't that know. too. I'm like, this guy. Is um, so yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a man around town, a uh, playboy. Uh, what, no, he's like the main jock or something. Hangs out with this girl, Jane. Um, they have to protect their town from a gelatinous alien that engulfs everything it touches. The first one to discover it is a farmer, and they try to help him out. Then it eats the doctor that tries to help the farmer. And then it gets bigger and bigger the more people it eats. And then... What's funny about this town is like everybody knows everybody, and then like so the the fireman helps, the the sheriff helps, and the kids help, and they all take on the blob. Then the next movie we're talking about is the Blob eighty eight, which you think is a straight remake, but they kind of turn things around. Kevin Dillon actually shows up playing a different character, and the character that would have been like the Steve McQueen in this one, they take him out early to suggest like, okay, we're not going down that road of you know Mr. Popular High School Jock. We're going in a different direction. Yeah. But then the blob in this one is pretty aggressive and melts people with, like, it devours them. It, on the inside of the blob, it's like acid or something. That's how it eats people. And it gets way out of control. And then there's, like, some government conspiracy involved in the remake. And then the whole town gets together again and tries to get rid of this thing. Shawnee Smith is in the movie, horror, which makes uh, it incredible. Legend, I didn't yeah. know she was in it, but that's really oh, cool. No, I didn't know that until till I watched it. 
Then um, the last movie we're talking about tonight is Color Out of Space. A meteorite crashes into the uh, family farm. Nathan Gardner and his family end up battling like this weird psychedelic mutation. And it lives in their well and talks to their kid. And then a bunch of crazy shit happens in that one too. They're calling it a Technicolor Nightmare. So we'll be talking about that one. We'll go immediately to our first impressions. But we're going to do it a little bit differently. I've been trying to figure out how to arrange episodes where we have these triple features or double features. It, it's not, it's a little weird. Like, first talk about this movie, then that movie, then that movie. I was like, wait a minute. You should <laughs> probably just pick one of the three to give your first impressions and favorite bits if one is more, if you're inclined to like one over the other ones. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if your favorite is 58, tell me something about 58. But if you're an 88 man, tell me about 88. And if you actually like color over the blobs, just tell us about the colors. Because I, I don't know if the audience is going to have time to watch all three, right? I'd like them oh, to watch yeah. one of the movies we're talking about. That's the goal. Like, It's like word of mouth. Like We like these movies. You should watch them. That's the whole point of the show as far as I can tell. Right? So mm-hmm. at least now, just talking about some of our favorite movies, check them out. Um, so yeah, pick one of the movies and then tell me first impressions. Uh Let's do this random. Dave. <laughs> okay, so just one of them. Um, if you're going to ask which one is my favorite of the three, uh, uh, Blob 88. Um, no, I, I didn't say favorites. I, was... I said pick one of the movies for your first impressions. Oh, pick one. Of... Okay, fine. Well, fine. Color Out of Space. Um, I watched it earlier this year for the first time, and I thought this is one of my favorite movies of the year. still is. So if we had to quote you, one of the best movies of the year, Dangerous Dave, Color Out of Space. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Put it uh, on the box. Yeah. Nice. Uh, go ahead, Nick. Uh, the Blob eighty eight. The condom scene makes me smile. Oh dang! <laughs> what a great first impression. Yeah, it really is. It's amazing. <laughs> Rib for her pleasure. <laughs> I, the best part was the newspaper going down and the dad going ribbed. Yeah, that's what I just said. Know, right? For her pleasure. There's this the best. We'll, yeah. we'll go back to this because it's just like it's such a great little comedy bit where you're like, I don't expect this in this movie. Right. You know? So yeah. good. What we're talking about, Blob. folks, is there's a scene in the movie where two teenagers have to buy condoms, and one of them gets caught by the local preacher, and then t- come to find out that the pharmacist is actually he's picking up the girl, and it's the dad, right? Yeah. So then he gets really nervous. Um, the dad, because he saw that he had seen them by the condoms anyway. And it's his daughter they're picking up for the take her out on the town or whatever. Uh, it's it's kinda, better if you watch it. It's a good bit. Yeah, it's a really good bit. Yeah. Um, Adam, your first impressions of one of these Blob, three movies. Blob 58. Steve McQueen is like the oldest looking teenager I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I looked up his age. He was only twenty seven. He's a really shitty looking twenty seven. But you know, the poor bastard the poor bastard got lung cancer by the time he was fifty and died in Mexico, so uh he, he was looking shitty because he probably already had some health problems at twenty seven, you know. Hard living, man. Hard life. Yeah. Um my okay, my first impression would be that the blob theme is great and Man, title sequences used to be really cool. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, I looked. Up, I had to look up the theme song because it's by Burt Bacharach and Mac David. Mac David did that um, Biggity Boppity Boo song, and he's been on other soundtracks. He worked on other movies in like the 50s, 60s, whatever. And um, 
this song actually went to number like twenty five on the charts when it, when they made it. And they made a fake band when they got together to record this. They got some other like rock artists or blues people or whatever at the time. They called their fake band the Five Blobs when they recorded it. So <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, that's my first impression was that I like the theme song. Where are we now? Oh, we can move on to our audience segment. We get questions from out there. This is where we get answered. Oh, well, we answer questions that the our fans submit or whatever, our listeners. And uh, if the Binge Watchers podcast crew were Ninja Turtles, which turtles would they be? I think Dave answered the questions the best because I actually you nailed it. Yeah. So Dave, <laughs> when we brought when I brought this up on Facebook Messenger, what what was your response? How did you lay out the crew at, at, if we were Ninja Turtle characters? Well, I placed Nick as Leonardo. Um, I placed you, John, as Raphael. Uh, I placed uh, Adam as Michelangelo and myself as Donatello. All I can say is fairly accurate. I think we match the personalities. And uh, if you listen to the episodes, you probably think so too. Like, Dave brings the facts, which I guess would be the technical thing that Donatello would do. Nick corrals us and like is kind of like when we need a, a morality boost, like leadership, Nick will pop up. Um, I guess I'm a bit rough around the edges and I have like a, t- a temper. I don't know. Like I'm like an angry millennial, right? Like that's my brand, right? <laughs> so, so, so like I get frustrated and so I probably bring Roth's attitude, right? So, so especially if I disagree about movies, I think I'm like the, the one who like harps the most. Yeah. Um, I really yeah, gave I think- it to you guys for uh, from beyond. So, so. <laughs> uh, I think you don't. We'll get into it later, but I don't think you like H.P. Lovecraft adaptations. Honestly, that's what it is. Oh shit! Yeah. Mm. Mm. Revelation. Wow, hey, you learn I, something I new every day. John was Michelangelo. <laughs> oh, because so, like he well, was like, like pizza, and and he was happy-go-lucky. But he's getting darker over the years, and I think Raph probably matches him now. Hmm. Me and me and John have switched roles, I think. <laughs> but, but I think with the, all the Ninja Turtles, anybody could be like any one of them on any day. I can make the argument. Oh, it's for like being a horoscope one day, or is it like a horoscope, fucking... Dave, where anybody yeah. can apply their horoscope to them on any given day? It's like you could be all the turtles. Is that what you're saying? Well, it's like a it's like a pizza. It's like a pizza wheel. Like you can just flip it to see what hmm. kind of Ninja Turtle you're going to be today. Wow. Depending on what slice of sh- I was thinking about Raph just being like the most skilled fighter of them all really hmm. yeah he was he's got to use like the shortest possible weapon hmm. you know but that also means he likes to get into his people's face though too he yeah it's dirty combat. he's got to get in close and really you know yeah yeah and it's not efficient fighting out. it's dirty it's dirty fighting yeah inside fighting yeah you're inside their range but yeah. if they have a long weapon they won't know how to deal with you I don't know. Moving on. Uh, let's see. Favorite bits from any of these three movies, Nick. Uh, Blob 1988, the movie theater scene. I think they took what the original had and made it better. Fair enough. I agree. I, um, I, it was beautiful. <laughs> and the sewer part. That was pretty cool, too. Oh, the sewer sequence is terrifying. It's that was scary. pretty good. Kid, oh man! Um, yeah, when you think the kid's not going to get away, that he's going to get melted, and then starts to melt his jacket or whatever, that's pretty freaky. You're right. The little brother, yeah, um, that's pretty intense. Yeah. Um, since you said yeah, why don't you go ahead next, Adam, and tell us what is your favorite bit? 
Oh my gosh, I'm getting uh, everything confused with uh, Beware the Blob because I watched it. Wow, that was bound uh, to happen. I know I shouldn't have done it. Um, I guess uh, I really like the first film when the man is being consumed. It had some of the best looking effects. I think they did actually better than the 88 version with the old man's arm turning into gelatinous arm and it consuming him in a, in a more, uh, it was more staged way. Like there's this happens and then that happens and then you're seeing it consuming and you're seeing. So I really like, uh, the hot, the doc, the doctor scene. I thought it was really, uh, eye opening. And the fact that the, you, the people in the movie don't really know what's going on hmm. uh, as much as the 88 movie it was like kind of confusing. They couldn't, they knew it was bad. They knew it was a monster. They knew they sounded preposterous when they tried to explain it. And I also thought it was really weird. I don't think either, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think either movie, any character referred to it as the blob or a blob or blob at all. It was the blob. Did you guys hear that at all? No, I don't think, I think so. so. Yeah, nobody said blob. Hmm. But, hmm. but after it, being a viewer of the movie, you'd think, well, duh, it's a blob. But the movie is the thing defining it for you. So yeah. Anyway, hmm. I like that transition of the old guy, and oh, and his acting when he was like, like screaming in pain of the thing consuming him, like because it is eating him. Like you said, talking about acid. Oh, oh, and I do have other other favorite scene. I just want to drop it in eighty eight. The first guy that gets eaten, like the 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 jock Paul. He, he's like the Steve stuck. McQueen character in the second in eighty eight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When he's getting sucked back. And and it's like like pulling the flesh off of his skull and pulling him backwards. Ah, oh. well, just visual. I, That's a, sorry, well, yeah, Adam just kind of took mine, but uh, so no, I'll no, have no. to come up. No, go no, ahead, no, go no. no that, I mean, we don't have to discuss. I mean, because I agree with you that like that scene yeah. right there, that is the epitome of a poster shot. Because I didn't never oh, saw the cover. Yeah. I never saw the cover of this as a kid, and my brother rented it and watched it on VHS. That image stuck in my head for so long, and when I finally saw it somewhere on the video store, I was like, "That was the front cover." Like that, that perfectly epitomizes the whole movie. That scene, it's just mm. ugh. Um, what, what about the date though? The date's a good second. Then the car date. Oh yeah, yeah. In the trunk and well, the yeah. drain scene. I mean, I can name. I mean, I oh, God, fuck, I love the eighty-eight one. I, just, <laughs> I love it. it. It's so amazing. It really is. I mean, and, you know, it was written by Frank Darabont. I mean, that guy went on yep. to do fucking Shawshank Redemption, you know? Yeah. Walking Dead. Yeah. Mm. Um, my favorite bits, I got two of them. I'll just tell you. Um, well, I like Shawnee Smith with the machine gun towards the end of the 88, right? Where she's finally had enough, and she's like, I'm going to take care of this. And she picks up the machine gun and uh, is trying to deal with it, you know, with, like, the ice truck yeah. or whatever. Um. That's but a good character. She's from, uh, if anybody remembers, Summer School and Iron oh, Eagle. Yeah. So, yeah. and now the blog. Oh, I forgot she was in yeah, Iron Eagle. So here's three. You know, if you're into Shawnee Smith, a lot of people have probably seen her in the Saw movies, right? Mm. So mm. If they want to go back and look at her early catalog, then they can watch Summer School, Iron Eagle, or the Blob '88. Now, um, the other scene I like is the original diner scene in the '58 version where. It's kind of like the most desperate moment in the movie and Steve McQueen, the girlfriend, and I don't know if that's her little brother and her parents are the ones who own the diner or whatever, but the two people at the diner and the little kid are there. 
with Steve McQueen oh, and the yeah. girlfriend, and like the blobs covered the entire diner, and they hadn't figured out how to deal with it at that point. And they don't know they're not going to get out, so they're like going further and further into the building, and then then they're in the basement. It's kind of like uh, like when they get trapped in Night of the Living Dead, and they're in the basement, and they got nowhere to go, mm. right? And the the infection is there, so like the blob is there, like it's seeping in through the cracks in the walls and the little windows and the drain gutters, and it's going to get them. Just like at Night of the Living Dead, like the mom's infected in the basement, but you don't know that. But then, like you start to see it happen, there's zombies above and a zombie right there, you know. So, um, it's like that, I guess. Like, what is that? Like, just being trapped, right? Claustrophobia or something? I don't know. That's a great but, moment of suspense. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. Now we get to play our favorite game, which maybe makes us sound too much like critics, critical critics. I don't know. Binge now, binge later, and binge never. The Blob 58, 88, or Color Out of Space. Um, who wants to kick it off? I will. All right. <laughs> uh, I would say binge never, and I really love this director, and I wanted to like it more, was mm. Color of Space. I love Richard Stanley. Because uh. he's so unique. I would say Blob um, 51... And then I would go Blob Now, uh, the 88 version. Hmm. Dave? Well, Blob 51. Uh, or 51. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's 58. Whatever it is. 50 Blob. The, the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> the Technicolor one. Whatever yeah. one it was. Yeah. yeah. The black Pretty and white. looking of the three, I'd say, probably. Um, um, I'll say uh, I'm, I agree with Nick. Uh, Blob 88, Binge Now, Binge Forever. I fucking love that movie. Um Binge, binge later. Um, Color out of space. We didn't talk about it that much. I fucking love this movie, but I, no, it's not for everybody. Binge never actually. Blob uh, fifty eight. Um, I appreciate wow. it, but eh, I'm I'm not gonna go back and watch that one anytime soon. But wow, harsh. <laughs> Double A. What do you got for us? Okay, so I don't really have a binge never here. I have Color out of space as a binge later. Um, but binge now definitely 58 and 88 in that order, because I think if you watch 88 first and then you try to go back and then watch 58, like all the revelations are ruined. If you see 88, cause 88 tries to cram a whole lot more fun into the film and, uh, you can't see what they're playing off of. You can't see origin. It's like, it's like reading the latest issue of Spider-Man and then going back and try to look and appreciate the original Steve Ditko Spider-Man. You're not going to do it. Like it's, it's unfair to Steve Ditko. He made the thing and then it had to get boring until they add all these extra layers. So I say blob 58, keep an open mind. It's the fifties. I mean, they didn't even know how to make you feel horror with like, you know, the music, but, uh, yeah. Cool. Did I trail off poorly? <laughs> yeah, I'm lost, but that's right. I'll, 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 I'll support you with mine because I I'm saying binge now, blob fifty eight, uh, binge later, and it took me like a couple decades at least to watch the blob eighty eight. So it can wait. It's good, but it can wait. And then binge never. Yeah, I'm gonna let color out of space just drop off and disappear into a black hole. Um, yeah, I also wanted to support the filmmaker. He'd been out of film for a little while. He just had a co- this was his comeback movie, right? Um, yeah. After surviving the freaking drama from Island of Doctor Moreau, 
um, which Dave was ever. Dave was saying that there's a great documentary to find about that whole experience. It, it literally is one of my favorite documentaries. Lost. Watch it. Okay, yeah. so Nick, yeah, Nick was on when I was I was bringing it up. It is. It is. I'm incredible. telling you guys, like if you want to binge, uh, uh, you know, if we added this to the list, I'd say binge now that because it is a fucking yeah. great documentary. Oh my gosh. Oh, I would. I would. I totally agree with Dave. Binge the what's it called again? Lost Soul. Uh, Lost Soul. The, the making, making of I, Island. Yeah. Yeah, it's on. It's on Prime. I know that much. Hmm. Well worth so the hour good. and a half. Yeah, John, check it out. I'm serious. You, you, it, it, it's the experience of a filmmaker where you're like, he's gonna do so good, and you just watch him just. Oh shit! The studio system. You know. Okay, so yeah. this has got like a really long title. If somebody's looking for it on Amazon, <laughs> Lost Soul: colon, The Doom Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Doctor Moreau. Wow. Yeah, that doesn't even fit on the billboard, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but it's worth the hour yeah. forty. I'm telling you. So since we're talking about a bunch of other movies, let's move right into what else are the binge watchers watching? What else are we watching this week? Um, Nick, what else are you watching? I just watched this 80s movie called Lisa. Do you guys ever heard of this one about this girl who this real this 14-year-old girl who meets this guy, gets his license plate and then starts playing him but he's actually a serial killer. Like or starts Whoa. talking to him like she thinks she's going to like end up with him but she doesn't realize he's a serial killer and then finds out where she is. It's it's kind of a cool 80s movie. I like huh. that or 1990s movie. It, it was uh you know it's it's PG-13 thriller. But but it actually it's pretty intense for a PG thirteen movie. I liked it. I've never even heard of it. Yeah, it's, it stars sure. the girl. Uh, one of the you remember that uh, girl from My Two Dads and Step yeah. by Step. Yeah, yeah, it stars her. Yeah, huh. yeah it was pretty good. Well, all right, cool. Yeah, <laughs> a random movie. I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, Dave, what are you watching? Oh, God, I'm. Um, I feel like half-hearted because I didn't watch anything great out of what we watched for the show this week. But um, I'd say Mo- uh, Motherless Brooklyn. It was the Edward Norton movie that came out last oh, yeah. year. I finally caught up to it. Um, great if you want to see a film noir with the main character who has Tourette's. Like, <laughs> if that doesn't sell you, I don't know what else does. But it's got a great cast. It's 1950s New York. Uh, really, really kind of fun modern noir movie from Edward Norton. Oh, that, I think that's how you sell it. Like, if you're if you're missing Ed Norton because he hasn't been in anything lately, go watch him in this movie, and do a really great job uh, playing as somebody with Tourette's. <laughs> Adam, what'd you watch? I watched The Blob Two. Beware the Blob. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! It... Actually, I finished off uh the dark series season three of uh dark uh the german made series on netflix and after the first part of the season three i felt like the whole series had jumped the shark and then the last couple episodes really brought it all together and made it very touching and special experience so i i definitely recommend but just know that there's like a lull where you're just kind of like too many crazy things are happening and this doesn't even make sense anymore it happens early in the like early to mid um, season three. The show's a great show though, and I think it it really just redeem it redeems itself by the end of the series. I think. So, do you guys know how they were like redoing movies into like HD and 4K and all that stuff? Yeah. Um, actually, yeah. the high res like redo that I found on Voodoo for the original Blade. Some of the effects have been improved. I don't know why or when or how they did it, but huh. 
I remember the vampire god blowing up at the end being really shitty and like out of focus, but in this version, it looked really cool. It kind of looked like the blob a little bit, or like Tetsuo exploding huh. in Akira, which is mispronounced Akira for like 25 years in the United States, whatever. But anyway, um, the original Blade, right? Um, yeah. Where like it has that nightclub opening, right? Where all the vampires are, like the sprinklers turn on, and it's like a blood party. And yeah. then it has the um, Donald Logue playing the really funny vampire that keeps almost getting killed. Like, he, they chop his hands off, he regrows his hands, and, like, he gets lit on fire, and then he's running around like a uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. But then he, he comes back from that, even, and is, like, just making jokes through the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, they try to give one-liners to Blade, but they don't necessarily work. And I, I think we talked about Blade before, but, like, you know, Blade 2 is my favorite. But um, I was surprised that I, like, enjoyed watching the original Blade, but it was, like, this... HDX redo or whatever, you know what I mean? Like it was like mm. st- sounded better, looked better. They uh, redid the effects. That's what think? it looked like. Huh. I or I just, just literally we watched them a month ago on Blu-ray and the the effect uh, the effects looked horrible on like what you're talking about the blob scene, but that yeah. was 1998 technology. Um although I'm going to say something controversial having watched them back to back. Blade 1 is the better movie, but Blade 2 has the better tone and everything else i but i think the story in one's way better yeah oh man i don't know see i like the uber vampires that are eating the other vampires and uh blade's a little more laid back maybe that's what it is like he's so stern like he's like a he's kind it's weird he reminds me of like a 1990s batman you know like like he's just like so stern or whatever has no personality they give him more of a personality in part two but it's offhanded, I don't know. And three sucks. Well, but. yeah. I, I think Guillermo del Toro brought a lot to two in the creature effects. I just think I think two had the weaker script. I think Guillermo brought everything he could to that movie. Oh, really? I mean, if you watch the documentary on there, I mean, it's not a documentary. It's like a behind the scenes, twenty five minutes on the DVD or whatever. Uh. Um, yeah, he did a lot. Like he put in his vampire mythologies. You could see where, like, he just did a show called The Strain, right? And oh, he wrote God, a book, I mean, that show so but good. they have those tongues. Like he, he had that in Blade Two, where their mouths open, and they have those feeder things that come out. Oh, you know, yeah. So, well, when I watched it, that was exactly where my mind went. Like, oh, he just took this into the strain. Yeah. <laughs> um, Let's see. Yeah, I think we agree. I mean, three is just not worth anybody's time. <laughs> <laughs> I never yeah. watched three. Even Wesley Snipes was over it. I mean, but they bring in Dracula. Like, that's the thing. Like, you thought you think if they're going to get to Dracula, then it's going to be like Tomb of Dracula. It's going to be the classic Blade stuff. And it never really gets there, you know? So. Mm-hmm. And then you got Parker Posey in there. So you thought, okay, she's going to be like the villain and she's going to do really well. And then they don't give her a lot to do. And then they bring in a wrestler, Hunter Hounds Hemsley, Triple H. And beefy vampires, I don't know if like those, those work. But it's like. My yeah. contention with the underworld werewolves is like everybody's on steroids and they look roided out like that. There's nothing compelling about that. Like if you look at the howling werewolves, they're sickly because they're infected and then they transform and it's terrible. Then the werewolves could be big and bulky, but I don't know. There's nothing graceful about like a six foot tall body slamming vampire. You know, you know, like, I, yeah. like you just made me think of the opposite transition. What if the big beefy like guy, the wrestler guy, 
changes in, into a tiny werewolf, like a little scrawny, sickly, busting at the seams werewolf with the muscles leaking out and veins everywhere. What do you think? He's just like too tall or too skinny or something. I just, I just think you're as a studio executive, you would you could just do so much damage at him. Well, Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde. When Doctor Jekyll turns into Mister Hyde, he becomes smaller. He he like shrinks and he becomes I evil and small. I don't, I don't know. So. Um, special announcements or reminders. This is where we like to tell you, the audience, what's going on with us. Dave is actually rewinding classic horror movies and writing blogs about them, which can be read at bwpodcast.com. There's actually a tab there called Words About Movies, and it's a button. If you click it, will take you to all the blogs. And he just watched Cujo, and I think the blog just updated yesterday or today, and it's his article about freaking the original Carnival of Souls movie from, like, the 60s. So yeah. take a look at all that stuff. And... um and there's other articles on there. We're waiting for Adam's comic book movie adaptation submissions. And uh, and, and Nick has one on there, too. I got a couple on there. Um, and then we have Bobby Logger. Get it? Bobby Blogger? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we have another one that's just like our fake little... Um, it's like all of us combined. Like I have these articles pumping out from... like I created a character for our blog. Bob E. Logger. <laughs> like, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Next week, we're going to continue our October season lineup. We'll probably uh, be reviewing this Adam Sandler Halloween movie that's going to drop. Um, we're hoping it's good. We don't really know. So on that episode, we're also next week going to include like our personal Halloween movie season playlist, like movies that we, each one of us watches every year that you might be interested in hearing about. Um, guys, any final thoughts on any of the blobs or color out of space? Um, I don't think we talked very much about color. Yeah, we really didn't talk about color. I, yeah, I mean the blobs are great. Check them out. Color, I, I, I just wish I would have. It would have been better, I guess. Hmm. It's, it's not. For, I, I, like I said, I love color out of space. It's very moody. It has some of the best makeup effects in a horror movie in a long time. Uh, that may not be enough for everybody. Uh, although one thing that nobody brought up that kind of coincidental all these movies pink is very prominent in these movies oh i know oh you're right yeah and all three kind of coincidental that all three are very hot pink oriented totally there was no way color did not the people that made color uh did not look at the original uh two blob films to get inspiration for a lot of what's going on in that movie and i really liked uh the mother character uh, breaking out of her chrysalis and becoming a wonderful creature that should have survived. Guys and ghouls, thanks for tuning in for another great episode. And gals too, I guess. I don't know. I wanted to do like a Halloween type thing there. Um, Thanks for tuning in for another great episode of Binge Watchers. Come back next week for some more Halloween fun. It's October month. It's going to be horror movies like crazy. Of course, it's what we're going to do here. Uh, just want to say thank you again to our sponsors, Bespoke Post and Sunday Scaries. Again, if you want to take a look at their offers, the links will be in the podcast notes, but you can go to boxofawesome.com with the code BINGEWATCHERS and get 20% off your first monthly box with Bespoke Post, Box of Awesome. Also, go to sundayscaries.com 
And if you check out with the code BINGE40, you'll get 40% off the gummy subscription, their vitamin gummies, whatever they got going on. Take a look at that. Until next time, we'll see you later. And keep binge watching. <laughs>